1: Experience. Experience. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. Final day, one day to go, Players Championship, final bets, DraftKings picks, preview and ownership, plus the one and done, and the weather, and we have $500 to give away, and maybe another $500 to give away. In fact, we do have another $500 to give away to you, the good people out there. So remember to smash the like, give me your favorite DraftKings play down in the description, and sub to Mayo Media Network. Tambo is in the studio with me. You were generous enough to say, hey, Pat, you're putting up 500 bucks. I'll put up 500 bucks too. Double down. I like it.
0: Big week last week. Got to come off that showdown shipper. Had the, the other NBA seat, but the showdown shipper especially on the Mail Media Network was nice to have that. Um, those round twos, man. They've been good to me playing that sort of weather angle. I had a couple afternoon guys talked about the groups and things like that on the show that we would do it that way and it ended up working out in the end. So it was solid.
1: Well, at Pazman99 is the winner of the $500 giveaway. I get in touch with you. I get you your $500. Bucks. Congratulations on that. So now there is a separate giveaway for $500. You want to give it out on this show next week? That's a great idea. After you get back from winning like $3 million at the NBA Live Finals? It's
0: funny. That's pretty much the day. I'm back on Wednesday, so I'll be in the studio for this and then Thursday leave for Nashville. So yeah, we will give it away next Wednesday on this show for $500. All right. bucks.
1: So what you got to do, there are two ways to enter. Actually, three ways to enter, If you retweet this show, you get a ballot into the draw when it comes out on Twitter. You can share it on Facebook, wherever socials you can share it. Please go share it there. That gets you one ballot. You want to get five ballots into the draw? Follow at and Tambo on Twitter. You can find all of this in the newsletter as well, where all the final cheat sheets and all the extra info are going to be. Find that down in the description. Completely free to join. But five ballots for at and Tambo on On Twitter. And then 10 ballots, the regular stuff. Apple, rating and review. Podcast for Spotify as well. Rating and review. Five stars, something nice. Twitter handle or email. Sub to it while you're there as well. Download it too so we can boost those numbers up and you're in the draw for 500 bucks. If you've done any of this stuff throughout the course of the week, you are still. In that draw, but I would recommend following you on Twitter because you got the tidbits already out.
0: Yeah, maybe a couple extra ballots if you retweet the tidbits too today. Oh yeah, like double down, go. right? Well, I'll throw that in as well because love that. Appreciate all the support with that every week, and love doing it. So yeah, this is a good good giveaway. Another five hundred bucks, we'll get it out there next week to you guys. Okay, so let's get into the bets for the week. <laughs> tell me about all your closing line value, Pat. I actually don't really have any. Okay, <laughs> to tell you the truth. What do you got? I,
1: I didn't bet Keegan. I didn't bet Cantley, and I didn't bet Day. So. There's only so much closing. I mean, I guess I have closing line value on Siwoo. He's yeah. down to like 50 to 1 at this point, but <laughs> I was going to bet him either way at this tournament like I do every single year. Uh, I have Homa at 25 to 1, Morikawa at 33 to 1, Tom Kim at 50 to 1, Siwoo Kim with eight places at 75 to 1. And then I went with Webb Simpson and Ben Griffin, 200 to 1, 250 to 1, all with the eight places. Those are essentially top 10 bets with the added yeah. upside. If they win, that's fantastic news. Yeah. I lose the two points on the top 10 because it's going to be top eight, but I like quadruple my odds on the top 10. Yeah, so that's the best way. That's mainly the reason that I played that. If you have sites with each ways, I'd highly recommend that you do that. I broke it down a little bit with Pizzol and Cam on the Best Bet Show yesterday. Did you happen to see that?
0: I didn't see it yet. I'm behind on shows this week. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I got to catch up. I always catch on. I missed last night with you and Brian. I wanted to watch that one as you, well. you,
1: I mean, it just, it just turned into me like roasting Brian.
0: That's the best. That's why that's a good <laughs> shit. He's great, and that show is great. So I, I love that one, too. But I'll, I'll catch up on all the shows so far. I've just got through you, Feinberg, Cust, going through it on there. And, and from there, I've
1: missed a few others. Do you agree with Cust that you, too, should be triggered about McDonald's Chicken Big Mac.
0: <laughs> I I think I'm on the worst angle. I agreed with him more on the PGA stuff of the no cuts because it's only like eight events in the end, and people freaked out about nothing because I, I just don't care. But uh, I I love it. I love the cut sweat. I, you know, he he kind of had some angles, and then I realized when I'm on him his side, maybe I'm the one that's wrong here.
1: That is always the best way to look at it. When you're uh, we're doing a show with Cuss tonight for release tomorrow. Me, Gary, and Cust. Mm-hmm. We need to get his Aaron Rodgers takes. On the record right now. Cousins versus Rogers. Cousins versus Rogers. Well, he's all. He said that if the Jets get Rogers, that's a 51% chance they win the Super Bowl.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, he knows the odds. Remember last year he was booking his tickets. That's true. After like week two. Super Bowl tickets for, yeah, week three or whatever it was. He said he's he's out. So I don't know. Didn't end up too well.
1: I decided to re enter the first round leader market this week. Oh, God. I, I I just want some action here. There's actually one that I really like, and the rest of them are just like for fun in case it happens. Chris Kirk, 70 to 1 to be first round leader, I really like. Doesn't he seem like the perfect guy to be leading the players after day one? You know, the two top threes earlier this year, the win in Florida. He actually played pretty well last week, too. But it's a shorter course. This is more of the style that we expect from Chris Kirk. I don't think he's going to hang on to win the entire tournament. But to be first-round leader, 70-1, to I love it.
0: Definitely possible. Feels more like Keegan Bradley is going to do it again because all the conversation around him this week of how he's in, he's in the zone, he has got every club in his bag dialed, but he's super high owned. So it's probably a day one thing, and then we monitor full Keegan. But we'll see. His odds are probably pretty light.
1: What did I? I played a to miss the cut parlay oh, on, on Kirschner show last night, and it was just the three, the three guys that I mentioned off the top of the show. Like everyone's in on them. How could they fail? Can't lay Keegan, Day, all three parlayed to miss the cut pays thirty-seven to one lock it in i read it. no uh, one, read. Of,
0: one of them's gonna come through and just finish like 40th that's sure. what's gonna happen but yeah I, I like those bets especially here again the variance is so high everyone's talked about it all week we know it but just in general that's the spot to do it if you're gonna do it is here
1: so kirk at 70 henley and webb at 80 to 1 vegas at 100 to 1 griffin and new dad ben ann at 125 mm-hmm. to 1 he withdrew last week with a wrist injury as it turned out he had a kid yeah that's why he, he did was, yeah, Ben. ben Am- no, I know his wife did. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know you got to put in work in that in that op- in the operating room there. So maybe he's uh, he's a little sore wrist from that. I don't know.
1: Yeah, so that was the end of him. I had he sunk some nice DraftKings lineups that I had. I don't know if he's going to make the cut or not, but I did not realize that he was about to have a baby. So I inserted him into a lineup. Kenya, the Magic Kenya Open. Connor Syme, fifty to one, and then the two that we talked about on the show yesterday. Tommy Valiant, two hundred and fifty to one with five places, and then. Nagorge Nagongu Kabugu, the Kaboogie Man, as Paul has aptly named him. 1,500 to 1 mm-hmm. with five places. And then Valiant and the Kaboogie Man, first-round leader, 110 to 1 and 600 to 1. Also with the top five. And I played a top 40 on the Kaboogie Man at 7 to 1. I'm going with Homa as my one-and-done. Jeff is going with Patrick Cantlay. And Cust has taken Rory McIlroy as his one-and-done.
0: That sounds about right.
1: That's the betting cheat sheet for the week yeah
0: everybody wanted the the magical kenya open bet so i'm glad you brought it up again i had people even dm me like Do you know can you ask pat to repeat it they, again they, they could have through... watched the show i said that's what i said go watch the show everything's on there you can check it out so not too many guys at 1500 to one that you're going to be talking about this week in other places so go check it out and get the pick
1: and it's nice that we can talk about it now before it's completely dead like three holes in
0: yeah but that's why you got the first round
1: leader just in case that'd be amazing 600 to one
0: just needs one good round
1: Hey, no. he, he, I believe he had the best round at this tournament in round two last year. Oh. So it's possible. Can we get a
0: round two leaders bet? It's, it's possible.
1: Well, let me just translate that into week or into round one this year, and I think we're going to be good to go. The weather. I'm looking at the super forecast right now on windfinder.com, <laughs> Ponte Verde Beach, and Viano, slash Viano. The anniversary. <laughs> uh, yeah, of nailing it and then not nailing it.
0: Yes, correct.
1: Uh, Thursday looks fine. Like, you're going to get gusts up to, like, 14, average around 12. That's to be yeah. expected with Florida golf. Like, it's not no wind, but it's. And the temps
0: are a little bit light. Like, it's, you know, on, on a Friday, it gets a lot hotter versus Thursday. It's pretty cold. Yes. Like I mean, for there, for Florida, yeah. for Florida.
1: 64, 66, high of 66 on Thursday. Uh, Friday, lighter in the morning on average with, like, 7, 8 mile per hour winds and like with highs of like 73 in the morning and then in the afternoon you have up to 12 13 but gus up to 20 so if you did want to play a pm am stack i think that'd be the only one that i would go to here i mean you can always stack both sides no matter what you just like stacking waves anyway yeah i don't think it's necessary this week
0: yeah, I'm, I'm not doing this, but if you want to run back last season and just jam all PMAM and just hope that it works this time, be like, I was a year behind, like, just do it that way. You could do that. But I, I always like PMA. I, someone asked me about this this week, I, you know, talking about strategy and been doing more of that lately, helping people out. And they asked me all these strategy questions and stuff, and I brought it up. They said, you know, why do you like stacking anyway? And I said, the reason I sometimes stack anyway with like a PMAM. So last week, I'll give you a, a, a quick example. Last week, everyone said, oh, the weather waves didn't work because the leaderboard was littered with both sides. That's true. But you can't really say that because if you go back and look, four of the guys in the top 10, it was Rory, Cantley, Hatton, and Keegan, all were part of that P.M.A.M. They were, all, they were four of the top seven highest owned guys on the slate last week, and Kitiyama was a P.M.A.M. guy too. If you built that, you pretty much landed on a lineup that had another PM guy. It's not that P.M.A.M. worked because the weather or your weather waves worked. It's you just stacked in a way that got off some of the other spots, used some of the chalk in a unique way, not who you play, it's how you play them. There's the prime example of it. You played the chalk, but you played the PM chalk in a lineup with a guy like Kitiyama with an afternoon-only tea time that no one was really on. He wins the tournament. You've got a winning lineup. So that, that's just what I'm saying about these weeks. I don't mind stacking it up anyway. Now, the flip side to that, Pat, is this week, as when we get to DraftKings, I know we got one and done and stuff, but I think um, Day and Keegan, two of the highest stone guys on the slate, from a value perspective, are both am So you're again, you could do that Example from last week, using them, you would not have Cantley in those lineups like others may because he's in the morning going out a.m. p.m. Yeah, you just use Xander. Hey, we'll talk about him.
1: No, I mean... <laughs> or we, we won't. <laughs> if, 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 we, if we don't use him, who's going to use him? Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that's the look for one and done. I, I ha, Yeah, okay, we
0: can talk about that. I was going to say, I have some interesting Xander thoughts when we get to DK, but yeah, we'll... we'll.
1: What, was it fun to see us sitting in first place in the race for the Mayo Cup after one round last week? Yeah. I mean, we only had to hold five and a half more months. We couldn't even last the next round.
0: Sucks, man. Rom, huge round, and then just disappeared on yeah. us.
1: That, that's t- that, that's like critical for us that we used Rom and he didn't get one of the big caches when everyone else is going to get the big cache out of Rom.
0: And if we hadn't known that Cust was using Rory this week, we could have used Rory last week. That's in that true. And then we would have been all set. But... We still have this week, and this is the week that you need to nail. I, I mean, you don't, it's yes, you have to have a good week. I don't think you're completely dead like where we're at. If we only get a million bucks this week instead of the oh, yeah, we're four good. and a half, you're, you're not dead. But if you're out of it, or you, sorry, if you think you're out of it right now, you're not. Because if you can just get the winner this week, you'd be right back in the mix.
1: Put it, put it this way. We're in 161st place. We're not that far off the lead. With a win last week, we would have been in first place, and mm-hmm. that would have brought us up to just around $10 million. Even if you have like a million dollars right now, you win this week. What is it, four to the winner? I 4.5,
0: yeah.
1: 4.5? So you're more than halfway back. Yeah. It's huge. You just, just got to pick winners. Just go on a streak of try to hit like three winners in six weeks, and all of a sudden you'll be at the top of the standing. It's so hard to do, but you're also never out of it at the same time. Love it. Morikawa or Xander?
0: That's (laughs) funny you say that because I was going to bring up Morikawa and you brought up Xander. And What I was going to say for Xander is later for DraftKings, just a way to set up your lineup builds. But I think uh, the thing about Morikawa, that's what I'm glad you brought it up, was that remember another thing like last year, we talked about PMAM and everyone on it, including us, and not working. But remember last year, even with one and done, it was such a topic of conversation at the start of the season when people were planning that saying this last year, players, again, is still the biggest purse, but it was the biggest purse last year in history. And now it got even bigger, but they were saying, make sure you save guys like Morikawa or JT, Ball Strikers Paradise, let's play them at the players, collect all that money. This year, it doesn't feel like as many are going with Morikawa. His results, not great, but his game should fit here perfectly.
1: Uh, on paper, it's probably the best course on tour for him if he can make a few putts. But he's—that's
0: always the case. Uh, if he can make a few putts,
1: if he can make it, it's not the case that like other places are going to be a bit more difficult because he's not the longest player off the tee here. That doesn't yeah. really matter. It's just hit your fairways, scorch your irons, and hopefully make a few putts. And we've seen a lot of bad putters win here. Yeah,
0: that's what, okay for sure that but also like I'm saying like again, what, the variance of him just needing to do it. Yeah, we know we need a spike week from him on the greens. But like you said, this should be the spot where he has the opportunity to get that spike week. And if we get that $4.5 million looks pretty nice up top for and, him and for
1: us. And listen, I mean, I obviously I bet him to win at 33 to one. I think he's down to 3025 in some spots as well. I mean, I just really like the 33 number he's 30% used already in the one and done and mm-hmm. I just don't think people are going to him this week.
0: I, I don't I, think so either. It, I actually like it quite a bit, and Just, that's the
1: thing with Xander. He's thirty-five percent used already in the one and done. No one is using that guy in one and done.
0: Yeah, I don't. So here's the other thing. We have talked about Morikawa in the past. I think we had him in a recent conversation at a designated event where it, we talked about where you could save him for if you were. I don't know where. where what do you? What are we doing with Xander? Like Xander at the U.S. Open.
1: Xander at the U.S. Open. Xander maybe at Memorial. Xander at the Masters. You can play him at a lot
0: of places. I mean, yeah, it's Xander. His game pretty much travels extremely well to anywhere we goes, but I'm just saying in general, Morikawa, I just feel like this is the spot.
1: All right. Call Morikawa it is, as our official one yeah, and let's done. Let's
0: do it. Let's plug him in. I like yeah, because
1: I don't want to take who do you think the highest known guy is going to be in one and done? Do you think it's gonna be Rory? Maybe Rory. Yeah. Rory, Scheffler or Day? Because people will burn Day here thinking this is his best chance to win any of these big tournaments.
0: Yeah, I don't know as much about Schaeffler. I guess if that's what people are down to. I guess Cantlay too. Rory, Day, I was going to say in Cantley is what I think people go to. Day and Cantley mainly because of the form that they're in. Day because of the form plus history. Cantley more so what they watched on Sunday and saw what he did. So it's like, oh, he's just continuing to play well. Look at that ball striking, all that. And then Rory because he's Rory and his history here as well. So I think those three would be the highest.
1: Not a terrible place to burn Rom either. Because no one will use ROM this week. That, that was kind of our logic last week. I think week. also
0: people are going to be running out of ROM. So if you have them, it's a nice little spot to use them. here. 60 or 70%. It's not like the, overall, I just mean like they, a lot of people have used them versus.
1: More, more people have used HOMA. In Xander than have used Rom so far this year. What's Rom at? 67%. Yeah,
0: so one-third. So I, that's what I was trying to say is like that. I, I definitely know people have used him. The homo stuff makes sense though because homo sort of the West Coast start of the season. That's when people roll him out. And so oh, John Genesis Rom. already happened, all that. <laughs> it should be John Rom, but that's that's where he got more of his too. So I think this is a good spot if you have him. We'll talk about him a lot with DraftKings, I think, just in roster construction.
1: If you had to guess top three owned in one and done, Rory, Rory Cantley Day, Rory Cantley Day,
0: and it pro- might be in the order of Rory Day Cantley, just because I don't. No one's saving Day for anything. Is anyone saving Keegan for anything? And people love Keegan. He could be up there too. He's yeah. definitely more popular in the DraftKings streets because of price. Uh, the price. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't think Day and okay, we're going there and we're tying it together. But Day well,
1: and, let's talk about DraftKings. Yeah, let's yeah let's Day, day and that.
0: Keegan are. What's wrong with them besides ownership? They both look incredible everywhere. Their prices are, look bad compared to the guys around them and their market and their betting and stuff. But we know this place, anybody can blow up at a heartbeat. You bet the Miss the cup parlay for a reason. But really, I'm saying I really don't
1: know what else to say, and I don't like to fade a guy just because of ownership. I, I think you can pick an easier case with Day and pick him apart than you can with Keegan at the moment. I think with Day, when you look at it, like he's still not hitting his approaches very well, mm-hmm. which is what you need to do here. I had it in my column up on DK Nation this week. Like The only guy who didn't hit his approach as well and won this tournament was Webb Simpson because he made every putt ever. And that's how— And chip he, in, by the way. And chip well, always around the green game was well, insane Well, he was putting from week. off the green. Yes. Uh, he made like three of those throughout the course of the week. <laughs> it was kind of nuts. Kinda nuts. Like day, and maybe he's just back to being this type of day because we've seen this run from him before. 4.9 on the greens, 5.8 on the greens, 3.7 on the greens, 4.3 on the greens, 4.1 on the greens four straight top tens when you're gaining that many strokes on the greens every single week you're probably going to come inside the top 10 even against the best fields he's driving the ball really well he's chipping really well but that iron play it's not worrisome because it hasn't been a disaster by any means but if we're trying to find the guy who's going to gain seven strokes on approach and just give himself ample opportunities to make birdie after birdie or eagles on some of these power fives Dave just doesn't seem like that guy right now like i and someone brought up the good point. I think it was actually Kirshner last night. How many of these tournaments has Jason Day actually been in to win?
0: None. Yeah, that's zero. The thing.
1: Yeah, that is the issue. But at 8K,
0: that's what sure. I, validate yeah. it differently, but it's true. And it's you're already you poked some good holes in that one. I don't know if you can do the same for Keegan, but I. Well, I, I mean, actually,
1: Keegan's easy. He won't putt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest one. But in general, I'm saying when you're talking about that's the other angle of it. Is these guys Keegan
1: can be your last guy in your lineup this week at 7,500. Keegan actually has been putting. He gained seven strokes at the Farmer's on the greens in three rounds. And his, approach, his approach play has been good. His driving hasn't been as great. The chipping's actually been quite good. Yeah, it's harder to poke a hole in Keegan right now. He said he's so
0: dialed right now. He's like, it's the best feeling ever. You can see that he's Wait, dripping Where in was that
1: interview released? Was that on
0: Barstool? I think it was on Barstool, and it was, I believe, right after his last round. Like, it was him coming in saying he's got every club in the bag, good to go, such a feeling of confidence when you know that you're, you're all set there, and this week now I just got to work on a couple little things, make sure I keep everything tuned up, and then we're good to go. I don't know. It's been working out, that's for sure.
1: So overall ownership. I think that we kind of hit on the three guys. Those
0: three: Cantley, Day, Keegan.
1: Why is it that can't? I I guess he's had two really good tournaments in a row. That is the answer to this question. But I think it's funny that everyone's holding Xander's history at this event against him, but no one is holding Cantley's against him.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, Let me repeat. Let me go back to that and and rephrase that. Because, like, Xander. the the history thing, fine, but I don't think that's what's holding people against Xander. I think it's that you've got Scotty, Rory, Rom, Roma. It's not that it's even a bad price for Xander. He's got the complete game. I think Xander's excellent golfer. It's that, that's more what it's against him. The Cantley thing is more interesting, but it's because people are not taking course history into consideration as much this week because of the variance of the course. We know that. You could see a guy win one year, miss the cut the next two. You could see all kinds of different factors at this course with water in play so much. Worth noting,
1: Cantley, I believe, was one-off Hideki's lead in 2020 before it got canceled in the first round. Like, he was having a really good tournament.
0: <laughs> okay. I didn't think back that far because I know – the only thing I remember from that day was the guy winning the Millie Maker complaining that he didn't – get the Millie because it ended after one day. And I was like, no. hey,
1: he, they should have let Cus made the rule. Cus is claiming his pick of Hideki winning that week as <laughs> as it actually happened. He would
0: have loved it. I think they had to finish the first round for there to be like a, and they didn't. a legal factor to it. But they no, they did
1: pay out first round leader on Hideki. I remember that.
0: Yeah, the books will do
1: that just because just because they don't want to deal. You know, with don't the be head
0: pissed is. off. He crushed. I get it. We'll we get we, we want you
1: to keep. We know sports it's is shutting. coming back somewhere. Yeah, we anyway. know sports <laughs> is shutting down for three months. We want you to have money in your account so you can bet on like marble races.
0: <laughs> yeah. or Rocket the fuck League, we were baby. Doing the Rocket pandemic. League. Let's go. League of Legends too. So,
1: ah, at this moment, I see that Thomas has passed Cantlay in terms of ownership, uh, at least what I'm seeing. I don't know if I necessarily buy that. It does seem like Cantlay is a far more publicly backed play yeah. rather than people who run optimizers or anything like that.
0: Splitting hairs, I've got Cantlay about 2% higher owned than J- Justin Thomas. doesn't okay. matter. Because, they're going gonna to they're, they're, gonna be, be, high be higher owned, though, so for sure.
1: Day, Keegan, I think Day with a bullet is number one in ownership, and you're probably looking, and it's probably I have probably undercalculated what his ownership is going to be. And the big $25 millionaire maker, I bet you he's 25%.
0: I was going to say 25 to 28. So yeah. we're same. same right. So I was going to say 21 I'm thinking. But yeah. yep. I think that's the case in the higher dollar, smaller field stuff. It's just even safer to go to a guy like him and Keegan. So Cantley, all those guys pick it up. That, that's what that was last week. Remember I told you this on the show. Cantley was 9,100. I was like, he's going to be owned watch and see and ends up being super high owned. It's just people go to him based on the odds in the market. When you go look at his betting odds right now, it, it, last week it was similar to the guys that were 900 bucks or 1000 bucks more than him. That just translates to the ownership. This is interesting though, Pat, because usually on a stronger field, softer priced event on DraftKings, like the majors and all these bigger events, you do see it spread out a little bit more. Yet this week, I think like top row, Rory. Next row, Cantley, Day, Keegan. We have like our four main in each category. And then you can fill in the secondary guys with the Shefflers. The Justin Thomases, the, you know, the guys you go down from the Hattons, all those guys. Like, I feel like I have a good beat on ownership for this week, and that should be helpful going into these large field tournaments.
1: How much stock do you put into how guys are owned versus their performance at this tournament in particular? Because I, I wrote it up, just the, here are the 10 highest owned guys, here are the 10 highest owned scores. here are like from the past two years. Right. Is two years too just little of a sample to put any stock into whatsoever? Or is there something too... And because, I mean, you mentioned the narrative. Watch this be the year, you know, the high-variance tournament the all smashes. the shock smashes. Yeah, sometimes happens. But I, I think you're just, with with what can go wrong so quickly for anyone on this course, just if you have a decision between two players and you know one is going to be lower-owned for sure, just take the lower-owned guy. Because it, I don't think there's that big of a difference between anyone.
0: Yeah, but I I think that's what I'm saying. I know some people do this to their, you know, testament. They have success with it where they just fade the top 10 guys. And this would be a week to do it because we know some of them are going to likely bust. But what ends up happening is if you get a week like last week where if you did that,
1: you were. Crying. You didn't even what? get
0: the winner, but four of the top seven own guys end up in the top ten. You're yeah. just you're not getting to
1: anywhere near the top. Pat Mayo when has, you do that has a six of six in the two hundred dollar single entry doesn't cash. Missed the missed yeah, the cash line by a half wild. point. Yeah,
0: that's insane. Having that 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 hurts because what was well, six six last week? I think was 15 15%. ish percent. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was going to say. But I,
1: so. I I didn't have enough guys at T two as it turned out.
0: Yeah, that's the problem. And that and that you get the uh, the old double. Position placement points or triple, well, not, not double, sorry. You get to double down on whoever has them. So if you've got four guys, T2, you get 18 points per guy. So it's just the way it goes,
1: and or 20 or whatever it is. And all my Kitiyama lineups were scumbag by Ann. Yeah. I had five, I think, of 50 Kitiyama lineups, and just all of them were five of sixes. <laughs> and they beat my six of sixes. Yeah,
0: that's, that happens if you got the winner.
1: So here's what I was uh, looking at. You can find this on DK Nation. You can also find it in the newsletter that will be out on Wednesday as well. Reminder to play in the DraftKings Listener's League. There's still 350 spots left of the 5,000. There's Was it $75,000 of yeah, rake, rake-free guaranteed money? You probably want to get your hands on that. Better than playing in the Millionaire Maker. i not going to lie to you. That's great. Uh, to look at it right now. So last year, and is there anything that we can take away from last year because everyone has now said like oh it was such a shit show you had guys pushed 90 hours and it finished on a fucking tuesday of three weeks from when it started and all that (laughs) i do think that there probably is something you can take away from that though not necessarily how the performance is but even when it comes to constructing DraftKings lineups or wave stacks like did you learn anything from last year's tournament not really okay i mean
0: what i learned from last year that i would apply to future tournaments is that nobody stacks full waves even when the people tell you you should (laughs) And it didn't work out but but on the PMAM. But if you remember last year, Sky Post, it was 6% and, and change PMAM. Only 1% went the opposite side. You would have absolutely smashed. I don't know if you would have found the exact winner, but you would have had a lot of opportunity if you had to just stack the other side of the way. So I take away DraftKings stuff and, and strategy and theory and f- stuff I focus on for process. But from even the original question you asked me, Pat, like is two-year sample size? I just don't care because it's, you can definitely find stuff in it. We will be able to lean back on it. You and I both do this and do content. So if we, if you find something that worked and you can talk about it next week, it's true. So it's great. We'll lean back on it, but it is still more for that purpose to me than it is for like, oh, if this is the way, like people hit me up all the time, i will give you one last example, then I'll end the rant, but oh, this type of build has never won at this term. You, You're 10, 9, 9, eight, eight, seven didn't ever win here before. What What are you tracking the last five years at this place? Like, I don't care pricing set up differently the caliber of players is different it's a whole new season new year everything anything can happen and change i'm not building for that like i, I don't look at that stuff at, at all
1: are supply chain issues still disrupting your operations gray bar has you covered join thousands of owners and professionals who rely on gray bar to assist them build and maintain operations in our electrical communications and industrial world by getting them what they need when and where they need it and within a budget Being able to effectively navigate supply chains to get products on site and on time is crucial these days. And Graybar's nationwide logistics network is a game changer in keeping projects on task. It's reliable, convenient, and affordable. When you need a hand powering, connecting, or maintaining your operations, join the thousands of professionals who rely on Graybar to help keep them up and running. To view more information on their services, head to graybar.com. That's G R A Y B A R.com. Yep, graybar does that. The Pat Mayo experience is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is that all in one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. So, whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, all on your terms. And it is super easy to use. You don't need to be a tech wizard in order to set up your own website to peddle your wares on the World Wide Web. Squarespace makes that so easy, thus cutting down on the expenses you'll need to pay someone else to do it. You can do it all yourself. You can set up email campaigns to engage with your audience with Squarespace email campaigns. Collect email subscribers on your site and build connections and repeat business through regular email updates. If you're in the content space and you have a lot of videos, you can host your entire video collection. Organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages and sell access to your videos with member access. But the best part about it all is the analytics feature. You can use those insights to grow your business. Learn where your site visits come from or sales are coming from. Then you can analyze which of your channels are the most effective. Improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords and most popular products and content. It makes it all easy, all in one spot, for a very low cost. And it's something that you're going to need to do if you want to grow your business. So... Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com mayo to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I got the numbers. Tons of you have done it, but not all of you. Yeah, so what you need to do right now, if you want to take charge of both your time and your meal prep, visit factormeals.com slash mayo50 and use code mayo50 to get 50% off right now. Because supporting the sponsors is in very much the same way supporting the Pat Mayo experience, which I very much encourage you to do. Eating better is just easy with factor's delicious ready-to-eat meals mainly because well yes they are very tasty but it's the time that they save you do you say you never have time to work out well if you're someone that preps all your food at home that means you need to drive to the store you need to walk through it make a list get your groceries bring them home store them unpack them get the reusable bags out of the way then you actually have to make the meal we're talking like two hours per meal on that and listen. I love cooking things at home myself, but it takes an awful long time. Are you going to use an app to get takeout? Well, it's going to take you like 30 minutes to figure out which restaurant that you want anyway. Then you wait 45 minutes to get it, and it's probably like crap for you by the time it actually gets there. This is all time that you could have been like spending working out or doing work or just having some relaxation time because all of the meals with Factor are ready to go in just two minutes, and it goes with any sort of meal prep that you want to do. Do you want to do calorie smart? Do you want to do keto? I'm personally trying to bulk up right now, so I'm doing the protein plus to make sure that I hit my levels every single time. I go through, I pick what I want, it shows up. I never have to think about what I'm going to eat for three meals a day, four meals a day, whatever it might be for like three weeks. It's fantastic. So I highly recommend that you head to factormeals.com slash mayo50 and use code mayo50 to get 50% 50% off That's code Mayo50 At Factormeals.com Slash Mayo50 To get 50% off I do the same thing When it comes to Betting as well Like no first time Players won here Since the first time It was played here Until he does Until he does yeah. so It was the same thing When Morikawa Went to the Open Championship Like wow well, Morikawa not, I mean He, he was down Talking his game Played very poorly at the, at the Genesis Scottish Open The week before But no first timer Had gone over And won Than he did Right so, like, why can't Tom Kim win this week?
0: Yeah. That, and also, he's been a debutant and won at places already. Yeah, with within me. the last, like, eight months. Yeah. So, it's like he can definitely show up and do it. And that's where, again, uh, I posted a thing in the tidbits today. There is a note on the debutants here. Obviously, have ha- been very poor for the big caliber names on their, on their first time out. But... It, it's there is something to it you do this course is tricky you have to know there's so many risk versus reward spots like do I just chop it out and then go up or do I just jam it up there and then hopefully I can play a better around the green game but what if my lie shit like there's so many angles to play with this type of course but you're still talking about some some heavy hitters like Tom Kim if you believe that he is still Tom him that we've talked about in the past and he's that guy then you could definitely go to him here and, and take a shot with him I think
1: Last year, the where is it? Yes, the highest owned players: Matt Fitzpatrick, twenty five percent, missed the cut. Berger, twenty four percent, T thirteen, so that was good at eighty eight hundred. Morikawa, twenty four percent, missed the cut. Thomas, twenty three percent, T thirty three. Scheffler, twenty percent, T fifty five. Can'tlay missed the cut. Rom, T fifty five. Gooch missed the cut. Horschel missed the cut. Looking at it from two years ago, Finau was the highest owned guy if we remember. Missed the cut. Webb missed the cut. Cantley missed the cut. The three <laughs> highest owned guys. Uh, then you had Neiman and Morikawa, T29, T41, Zalatoris, T21 at almost 20%. And then Fleetwood missed the cut at 17%. It's just funny to look. It was, I, I think looking back two years ago is a bit more instructive of when you look at the highest scoring players cuz Thomas was the highest scoring he was 17% Bryson was 13% he was the third highest then you had Westwood at 3%. Like though th- yeah. I think that's what I found the most looking back at what happens at the players is that you're gonna find unlike some of the other tournaments where, you know, we talk about the U.S. Open, like, oh, you know, you probably don't need this 2% guy to be in your lineup. Like, the, the 6% Denny McCarthy types are good for the U.S. Open because the bottom of the field is so bad. The bottom of the field is really good right, at this tournament. Which is a
0: conversation about Rom we're going to have in a second. But that, to, just to answer one last thing on that, though, like, I talk about, it's not the exact same, but like a roulette wheel. It's like when people look at the last two years and go, oh, it's red-red, it's got to be... I've uh, got to be black this time. So I'm going to switch to that. Like, it's just not the case. It's a totally different spin. Like last year was green. Actually, it landed on double zero because it, the people stack, and, and that's why the chalk was bad last year too. What, what did everybody stack last year? PM guys, for the most part, even if they didn't go full stack to my original point, PM guys were popular last year because the weather edge, it could have worked out and then things got delayed and it didn't work out. Is there really a takeaway from that to me? No, like that, uh, you, you could take other things away, but I'm not going to say, oh, the chalk always misses here. We're talking about two to three years in general.
1: And even to go back and look at it a little bit further the the one thing I noticed with this versus some of the other like big field major tournaments is that you legitimately get 1% players inside the top 10 scoring and it happens on a regular occurrence where it doesn't happen on any of these other like Lahiri was 0.5% owned last
0: year yeah definitely a much better tournament this is one of the spots for sure to embrace the variance by playing some of these lower owned guys, yes. like you said on that, and you could do it via fading the chalk as well. But the point is, like I said, like what, like some of these guys, it was hard to poke holes in Keegan. Would it surprise you if he ends up having another top ten? It would not. T seven, T seven for Keegan. It can happen. Like it definitely can happen, and that's probably going to be in somebody's lineup that has the one percenters mixed in with it. So you just have to be careful how you build out your lineups. Don't go can't lay day Keegan etc. and expect to have good leverage as a way to get to the top. You can still find it with some lower owned plays. And if those guys all hit, you'll need them. That's my point. But it's all what your strategy is, what your goals are, and what you're trying to build for. I'm trying to build for the top of a $25 tournament with a million dollars up top. It's probably not going to include those three guys in similar lineups together.
1: Do you think Vegas is going to end up being
0: popular? Not enough. I thought about it at the start of the week, for sure, because people were mentioning him and he's only 6,800, but I think it's... Uh, the new age. We talked about it where the sevens are the new six Ks. I think he is one of the guys in the six Ks that pushes that five to seven or five to eight percent range. But not which 13, maybe 14. nowadays you want to consider the ten percent mark that people used to say just automatically fade it, but I definitely don't see him hitting double digits at sixty eight hundred.
1: Who do you think Vegas or Webb is more owned at 6,800? Because I think those are the two guys that are pulling I've the I've got ownership. them pretty similar. Yeah. So it's like coin flip basically.
0: For ownership. Yeah. I don't have him. Are you going to play Webb off the 10 birdies or whatever in the final round? I mean,
1: I bet Webb to win. Yeah. Yeah, I am. As long as he hasn't, he's going to have his one bad round. Just have it happen in round three, not round two. Yeah. And we'll be good. That's, that's what happened at Honda, I think. Because he had the bad <laughs> round round two and he ended up missing the cut.
0: It, it was close. Yeah, I was going to uh, say.
1: Justin Suh is one who's garnering ownership in the sixth case. And then Davis Riley. Like, Davis Riley is the actual one who has a chance to potentially push double digits, I think, yeah. when it comes around. I don't know if he's going to get there. I've got
0: him 7 to 10 range. Yeah. So, that
1: seems right. So that's not you, – you just can't play. I can't play that.
0: No. That, to me, is the same one. And I love Davis Riley, and what he did last week was incredible. But coming off that one spot, like you, I can't just You want to win in. money on
1: Davis Riley?
0: Hopefully he misses the cut this week. Bet him to win the Valspar next week. Oh, we would love that. That might actually be the reason why this plan fails because what's going to happen is, you know, he's going to crush again this week and then the odds are going to be cratered for next week when you want to bet him at the Valspar. So I I don't know. I I just, I like other guys down there that I could go to, but I also think there is something to be said just for, uh, you know, some good lineups that avoid some of the, like uh, some good constructed lineups that are more balanced, but that still avoid like the Keegan Day setup where you can just go above and below them and get
1: different that way. Is Ben Griffin going to be double digits? How much is he on here? Seventy-one hundred. Yeah. Mm, no. No, I don't think so either. And no. he's also a first timer. I actually like him a lot this week, but
0: I think that- he's been mentioned enough. I had him in the tidbits. People do like him. There's some stuff on him. Like I just think in general. It's another one. The range is there's just so many guys in there. There is so I don't think he's going to be much. He might end up being like five percent. Yeah, I, you can I'm playing play him. No problem. I, I, I am playing him.
1: I'm, yeah, I'm not going to. He's gonna been back great. Off that his point.
0: ball striking's been awesome. Like there's no, no reason you have to go away from. Him. I'm just saying that's that's and, a reason. And, why it's,
1: and all of his best performances come on like this style of short course. Yeah, like all of the. I mean, he even had a nice week last week. That was mainly putting influence, but driving, putting, and approach shots all coming on short Bermuda courses. So I've constructed a lineup of what I think. I think there's two ways to play this. So here's the first one of, like, the, the chalkiest lineup possible. Rory, Cantley, Day, Keegan, Davis, Riley, Ben, Griffin. That's let, one of them.
0: Let me get to that one because that's the one we'll use as the guideline. This is this is how we usually start it, but this is the best way because this is really pretty good chalk lineup, like what you said. Like, it's going to make sense. We know why people are going to these plays. It leaves uh, 200 bucks on the table? Yeah. And not Lonto, Griffin, Ben. All right, we got the starting point. And okay. this has a 11K – 9K, 8K, two sevens, and a 6. Okay, go
1: ahead. So the other way I think you can play this that's also just gravitating around the same sort of ownership is you turn, let's see here. You take away the bottom two. Are we keeping Day and Keegan? Yes, we're keeping Day and Keegan. Okay. But we're going to Connors and Mitchell at the bottom, who I think are going to be pretty highly owned. Keith Mitchell. And then we turn Rory into Homa and it leaves $100 on the table. So Homa, Cantley, Day, Keegan, Connors, Mitchell.
0: Yeah, and so to bring that up, that, again, we always just say this, but first-time listeners or watchers is the projections. I'm not really caring about them as much just to try and validate and compare, and we know why it's different when you include Davis, Riley, and Ben Griffin, but they project <laughs> pretty well for down there. But this what, was what I was saying. This one projects almost 20 points better this because is- you're Connors and you're Mitchells and you're, you still have Homa in there. Like, you're getting a bunch of opportunity that – Look, this may be too chalky of a version for what you might want to get some leverage in these in these higher field or higher field tournaments. But I'm saying that this is the type of build that still is good if you can find a unique version of it.
1: So let's try to find a unique version of it. I, I think that very easily. If oh, just you, switch Homa to switch Homa to Xander. Xander,
0: done. Almost projects the exact same, and that would be way less owned because it's Homa versus Xander at like what ten to twelve percent.
1: I don't even think Xander gets a ten percent. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I, I, I have not projected it around, like in that like eight to twelve range right now. I, but I, I feel like we see more extreme polls in these bigger tournaments, where the guys that are highly priced that aren't popular end up being a lot less popular than even we project for. You're like, well, mm-hmm. how can Xander like? Is even to look back at last year uh, when I pull that up again?
0: Was it last year? For yeah, Z- l- for Xander, you missed. Kind of- no,
1: for Dustin last year. I think it was like. or something like that oh yeah it was like okay I think we all had them projected like 9% it's like no (laughs) If if it's very clear that people aren't playing someone it manifests in these big fields that people play them way less than you think
0: and also, I remember two people doing their ownership projections are trying to get it tight. They know, like, the certain areas, like we know this week with the Keegans, the Days, the Hattons, the Rorys, those ones. But on someone like Xander, they'll just pick somewhere in the middle so when they balance out and get their ownership numbers, it still looks like they're pretty accurate overall because they just tried to get a, as close to the number as possible. He could end up coming in way lower, to your point.
1: So the way that I would think about the 10K+, plus, there's only four guys up there. Rory, then Scheffler, I think with a bullet, are going to be over 20%, maybe each. Or Rory sneaks up and costs Scheffler a little bit. But I think it's going to be Rory number one, Scheffler number two. Gap to Rom, who I was speaking with you. Did we say this on the show or is this pre-show? That he might come in at under 10%. Pre-
0: pre-show. Also, when you say with a bullet, I'm just curious. Is that like an asterisk or with a gun to your head? With a, gun saying. To my, with, a, with a gun to my head. With a bullet. Okay, I like that. It's a new one. I never heard that one. So that's a good saying. Okay, well, we can go back to it. I, I think if you look from uh, Rom, that's the other one that we got to talk about because you said the original version with like Riley and Griffin – move rory to rom how how does that land because then
1: okay so let's let's try that let's import that lineup it's like another different version of it right so you still get keegan does it fit rom so we we still need to find six hundred dollars and that's very easy because you can turn griffin into kramer hickox super simple don't
0: you think people oh i was
1: gonna say you're gonna do that okay i I was gonna say i think i can move davis riley back up to justin sue or webb simpson or, or vegas or whoever it is I mean, you can. You're uh, keeping lay in there. Rom, Cantlay, Day, Keegan. Then you have 6500 for the next two guys, right? So uh, of the guys that I have starred right now uh, Hickok, Cole, Sam Ryder, Brandon Woo, Steven Yeager, your guy, Aaron Rye, Davis Thompson, Justin Suh, Adam Svenson, Robbie Shelton. Those guys are all $6,600 and below. Take your pick of those guys.
0: God. Two. I just said, like, I don't want to play Riley at that ownership, but I just found it with if you go Rom, Cantlay, Day, Keegan, Riley, Jaeger. My guy Jaeger bombs. That, that it, fits perfectly? That fits perfectly. Yeah. I mean,
1: I really like Brandon Wu this week.
0: But by the way, that that lineup, because Riley is not actually going to get to, like we said, like he may end up being at 7%. You still have a guy under 10%. is even lower owned than him. So you got a 2 to 3% owned guy there. And then Rahm up at the top is going to be one of the lowest owned of high, the, high the studs. So that's where I'm saying you're not really, you're not that crazy with this build and you still have Keegan and Day. But uh, you got it with Cantley. That's the one thing I don't love is you got all three of them together. So I don't like that, but i just say that's how you can bring it together. That might be the only lineup I have with all three of those guys mm-hmm. in the same one and $25 or something, but I, I don't love it personally.
1: Uh, I, I, instead of going Riley and Jagger, I went with Woo and Sue. Okay. Uh, at Su 64 Bu? and 60, 66. Sue Woo Kim. So, I mean, those are two guys that I am actively playing this week yeah. at 64. And like I mentioned, Kramer Hickok is the, is the min at 6,000. I, I think he's going to make the cut. And maybe he can run a hot putter. He's been running a hot putter recently. You know, Lo- I- Lo- love some Florida golf. Hasn't missed a cut at the Players. Two yeah. for
0: two. You're sleeping on another guy at Min Price.
1: Another guy at Min Price. Your boy.
0: Your boy had a nice Sunday too last week. Watney
1: Laird Hickok, Kelly Crap Burns, Party Marty Marty. Hardy Marty's week was nice last week. Was it really? I, I didn't even so. I'll go back d- and check. Tra- didn't even notice. This. Yeah, he came 39th last week. It was something, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's lost off the tee in three straight, lost around the greens in four straight, lost on the greens in four straight. He's not my favorite. I'm just saying, like, you, you like him usually, so if you go to him, he's a... I, I would prefer Hickok this week. Like, the numbers actually look good for Hickok, which is really strange. Like, he's gone... He was 29th of the Genesis. He was 14th at the Honda. Gained off the tee. Gained on approach. Gained around the greens. Lost marginally on the greens. But when you take a look back at what he's done at this tournament, uh, he gained almost five strokes on the greens two years ago at the players. Like, I, he can figure these out. He gained yeah. uh, almost six strokes ball striking last year at the players in this tournament. So I, I don't think he's the worst play. I'm, I'm going to play him this week. He's not my loser of the week. Like, he's not going <laughs> to show up in, like, 40% of my lineups. I think that might be... I think it might be Justin Su. You think Justin Su is the guy? I think he is. He hit like accuracy is his game. He's been Mister Irons over the past month or so, and the one thing that everyone kind of holds against him is his putting. That's only because they watched the Honda and dude legitimately couldn't make a putt on the weekend. But in the three other tournaments over the last month, he's gained like at least four strokes putting.
0: Okay, then I get the best lineup for you. Okay, what's are gonna Aaron? love this lineup:
1: Rom with Xander. Then you can go
0: to the Chalk, Day, Keegan, and you land on Sir Hickok with 100 bucks to go. That is a much better build than the one we had before, based on the fact that you don't have Cantley in there. You've got Xander instead. You're unique by going with Rom Xander. You skip the entire 9K range. You only use Day out of the 8K. You can still play Keegan if you want. You can move off Keegan, too. I'm just saying we you said you'd be more likely to move off Day. You could go Day to Tom Kim.
1: So th- this is where I wanted to go with this. So what do you got? Uh, And I'll turn Brandon Wu into Hickok and just try to rejig this lineup a little bit. Does this work? Oh, it does, too. So my favorite version of this lineup is Rom with Hickok at the bottom and Justin Su at 66. Okay. Homa, Tom, Kim, Siwoo.
0: Homa, Tom, Kim, Siwoo. So let me build that one and see how it projects against it. Homa.
1: Probably very poorly. (laughs) No,
0: against it. The other one wasn't projecting great either. I don't care about that. just, we're we're looking at none of the, that's what people have to remember too. And we talk about this on the show. Somebody asked, Oh, I, I don't, do I play your lineup that you said projected like 30 points less? It's golf projections. Yes, you can. Absolutely. It's like we're saying it's to get a baseline. We know these are going to project less. We're not trying to have the same build everyone else does. That's why everyone has those guys is because on all the projection sites, it pro- projects so well. If you're going to use the high projected guys, that's where the not who you play, it's how you play them. You have to think about it and be thoughtful building these lineups. Ours are going to project less taking the risk, the quote-unquote riskier play, and then you remember it's golf at Sawgrass. It's not really
1: that risky. It's basically just taking the same dude for less ownership. So, because I, I feel like Homa probably projects – actually, maybe he doesn't project better than Cantlay. In my mind, he's a better player than Cantlay, so I, that's why I bet him to win and didn't bet Patrick Cantlay to win. So I right. prefer Homa to Cantlay objectively. Homa but, projects like Kawa, JT in that range –
0: can't lay slightly higher. That's again, people that's go off the odds. Again, people just go off the odds. The odds. And that's where. So it are happened. you
1: telling me Mav McNeely does not rate out well this week? <laughs> yeah. 0.1% owned Mav McNeely? I looked at owner when I was. Is, that, like, is doing that the my worst, stuff. Hold on. Is that the worst pricing in one of these tournaments ever? <laughs> Probably. But what? I don't know. Is it though? Because
0: why is he that? Like it's, you know, just what was it, two months ago that we would have been saying a whole different story here, or three months ago? Yeah. And then obviously the downward spiral from there leads to this. But. I legit thought he was like WD with an injury or something when I saw the ownership projections across sites to you know build it out and stuff. I was like, wow, is he even playing? I had to go look this up, and he is in fact here. He is playing yeah. uh,
1: most definitely, uh, and I would guess Day projects better than Tom Kim, and Keegan obviously projects better than C Wu. So obviously, you're going to lose stuff when you pivot onto these guys. Yeah, but I like those guys better,
0: but, and that's what I'm saying. It's not as be- when these projections show a guy is three or four less and then you type, like that's a birdie right and then you <laughs> multiply it by the six guys right that's your 18 points and you say oh it projects 20 points less yeah no shit but it's only 3 points per guy it's a birdie per guy on classic slate and there's you have to factor in ownership and you have to factor in construction and, and, and the line. type of field that you're in a cut line still for at least for this event and then you keep going from there but this one is uh, 11 9 8 seven six six so it's still pretty pretty unique in that sense and this has like no ownership attached to so the highest owned guy in this lineup is probably homa, homa? Oh, yeah uh,
1: Homa will be it's I- i'm H- still going to be above what you think he's going to be
0: well i want to i wonder what you actually think rom will be i know you said it already but i'm sorry i shouldn't say that i should say i wonder what we actually see rom be because i know what you're thinking i think it's less than 10 i don't think so i don't think so okay but I, I understand no, why I, you think it. I, I think, and I'm not.
1: Pe- people tell me that Rom sucks in Florida. He's just terrible. Yeah, that was interesting. It, yeah, it's just like when I picked Morikawa to win. Did you know he also sucks and can't win tournaments? Yes, I've heard that about Colin Morikawa, two-time major winner. But yeah, he, he's terrible. Patrick Cantlay is good though, but Colin Morikawa sucks. Yeah, this that, is that's what I, that's what people have told me.
0: That's where the problem lies in the situation of like a Cantlay versus Morikawa.
1: Cantlay, Pay Morikawa.
0: Cantley's super high owned. It's like this one guy. <laughs> Is you know major winner, two times, all these things. Can even off a bad week when he says he doesn't have his clubs in line goes and wins the the, the open, all that stuff. It's like that's why sometimes in these majors or an event like the players, where it's not I'm not even calling it the fifth major, just saying in these higher, stronger field, bigger events, sometimes it's better just to pick the caliber of the long term that you know like the
1: major winner. Could Cantlay win a major? He could, he yeah, has sure though, But no one is saying Cantlay is bad. No. But people are saying Morikawa is bad, which yeah. is just really bizarre to me. Yeah. Another thing that I wanted to get to, uh, and the the point I was trying to make earlier about the ownership percentages and where these guys finish on the leaderboard, and I, I think that the two years ago is especially the one that you want to look at it. So once again to circle back to the earth, Justin Thomas won. When you take a look at who the highest-owned guys were, you had three and four were ten-seven Morikawa, ten-four Justin Thomas. No, that is not right. I'm looking at the wrong here. <laughs> you had 9-1 Tony, Tony Finau, 9-5 Webb Simpson. How far we've come in two years. Now he's 6'8". And 9-2 Patrick Cantley, 9-4 Colin Morikawa. So of the five highest owned guys, four of them were in the 9K range. Two of the top three scores were in the 9K range, and they weren't those guys. Yeah. So if everything is, let's say, a coin flippy situation with the 9Ks, like is there really that big of a difference between Homa, Cantley, Morikawa, Finao, Thomas, and Sungjay? There's probably not, right? So why not just go with the guy who's like half owned? Yeah, that's the okay. case. That's what I
0: said. Like embracing <laughs> that variance. So even at the high people, that's the other thing too, Pat. Everyone always says, "Oh, like I I sort of go against this all the time." The diamond in the rough factor. People think you need to find a one percent guy. You need to find Kitty, Ops. which is not true. Always didn't. like that's yeah, and then he hits. But saying, but but what I'm saying is when people think they look when we when people say one percent guy, they say they go right to the bottom of the board. Mm-hmm. It's like why aren't you looking for like the five or six percent owned guy? 8K or up that can definitely compete with these guys and contend has good odds all these factors like that's where you can get different or in some cases it's more extreme if Rom is 12 percent yeah it's not a a one percent guy but it's Rom at 12 percent and the rest of the guys are 25 percent 20 percent 18 percent all this stuff where that's kind of your quote unquote diamond in the rough up top the guy that's probably the best player in the world right now
1: that that's what I keep getting back to because I think I wrote it up and guy I did read it I don't think I did I, I wrote it so I remember it Rom is plus money. In a head-to-head matchup against Rory this week. Now, do I think that Rom is a better fit for this course than Rory? Probably not. But I do think that Rom's a better player right now. And that any time that you could get Rom at plus 110 against any player in the world, I think you take it. Because <laughs> at worst, it's a coin flip. And then you're getting plus 110 on a coin flip. Yeah. And that's essentially what we're seeing in the breakdown of the ownership right now. Rory at 25%, maybe 28%. Rom potentially at 10%, 9%, 11%. Like that just seems crazy not to play Rom at that point. At that point, unless you're like you're convinced Rory's going to win. Is anyone convinced Rory's going to win anything?
0: I think there is people that are definitely convinced that. I think it's again like we did the game earlier with Keegan and Day. Let's you want to do the Rory game? Poke your holes. What what what's this like? Rory is owned for a reason too. His history, former winner, you know, playing great golf right now. Still uh, showed some signs last week. I know it's like kind of the situation, but you we
1: made fun of Day not being in it to win it. True. Rory was definitely there and could have won that tournament last week. I'll give you the biggest hole to pick here, and sometimes it's a lot like the Justin Thomas hole that you can pick too. Rory's always going to drive the ball really far and well and gain a bunch of strokes off the tee, except for at places like this where a tinge off, and we've seen it with Thomas, where when Thomas won, he was just hitting that like low draw that he almost put in the drink on the 72nd hole and it stayed out of the water mm-hmm. for him. But he was just able to hit all the fairways. We've seen years of this tournament where he can't hit shit, and it's just in the middle of the water. Because I was watching back, I think it was two years ago, and they were showing like the best shots from the tournament, the worst shots for a tournament. It cuts to Rory's, like Rory's plus eleven or something like that. Like, what <laughs> the fuck is going on here? Yeah, like I don't remember this at all. But he just had a really bad go of it, and that can happen to Rory. I feel more so than it happens to Rom. Plus, you have the caveat of. Rory is no different than, he's more consistent than Tom Kim and Morikawa and Zala Torres on the greens, because he can really spike up, but he has bad weeks. Rom rarely has a bad week on the green. That's why I like Homa so much. He had his worst putting performance in a year and a half. Like, he's typically not going to lose four strokes putting. It just doesn't happen to him. He could definitely win the players.
0: Like, it not feels like a, doesn't
1: he feel like the perfect players champion? It do, he does as a kickoff. I think then it continues
0: on. Like he's gonna win a major, or, I think, or maybe so. he doesn't. Maybe we look back on it. And it's just like the Matt Kucher and the Ricky Fowler. Maybe. But I will say that, I'm not sure if you watch this stuff with Rom, but man, he is very confident. He's like, buddy, I missed my, like a hair here, a hair there. Like, I don't care. I'm coming back to crush this. Week. He's dialed in. It's always the way Rom is, extremely competitive, expecting to win everything. This is one he definitely wants, as, as the others do as well. I'm just saying in general, you could tell that from his interview. And then I forgot one thing earlier. I forgot this tidbit today, too. And I don't know who dropped it, but it just it was a reminder. We knew this, but Joe Scovran used to be Ricky's caddy
1: is on Tom is Kim's now bag. Tom
0: Kim's caddy oh, yeah. for a little while. And I forgot about that because we just talked about the old Tim Tucker experience last week, getting the job done with Kitty Yama, who he'd formerly won at the API with Bryson. And so little, little things like that that you see sometimes can be helpful for at least knowing where to go. Cause we talked about this course. If Tom Kim hits a bunch of fairways, a bunch of greens, just like, kind of like needing to find the putter, if he's got the information, which they Ricky's a players champion, always played well here. Joe's on the bag, played with caddy for Ricky. If he gets that information, I've seen this. You definitely want to do this. He he know he can actually do it, right? So meet me telling someone you should play this way or you go do that, like it may or may not work because they may not have the experience or the ability. Them doing it, it's you're playing with one of the best golfers in the world. He can do what you tell him to do if you give him the right information. So uh, I think it could be pretty good for him as well.
1: And, and it's not – I feel like you're going to know pretty quickly if he has the greens figured out or not. That's how we – same goes with Morikawa. Like You see it at the beginning of tournaments. Like if they can just gain strokes round one, they generally kind of keep that up. Like that is their path to victory if everything else is going well for them. So uh, I'm very with –
0: th- With that said, I want to do a lineup here. Let's do this because we talked about it, and I, I actually like this for these types of events. I'm just going to start it with Homa. Morikawa, and Tom Kim. Okay. Under the premise, Pat, that like you talked about some of those prices from previous years where guys went up and Webb went way down and all this. But like, just to bring it up, you could see Homa winning this thing. I could see Morikawa winning this thing. Tom Kim, we just I mean, talked the, about- I,
1: I bet all three of these guys. So I can, in my right. mind, I can see them winning.
0: And so now we're at 7,500. And now what I'm trying to do though, and stick with the theme here, this is where a themed lineup, I don't really care about the other stuff, but it just makes sense to me of like, who is the guy in the 7Ks that you think you could see being a lot more expensive next year at this event. Like he could have a great season this year. He's already shown some
1: signs. Like let's plug in the next guy. That's like that. Weirdly. And this is a range that I want to get to as well. I could see Corey Connors running hot with a putter for three months. And ending up with, like, a Molinari-type run. And then he just goes back to being who he was, or maybe even worse at that point.
0: And he he fits, like, he's going to, he hits typically, again, we'll see what happens. But fairways, fairways. greens, it's kind of the same. And I I don't think it's the same, though, as when we say, we're not building, like, a Keegan Bradley, Luke List, all the ball strikers that just need to find a putter. We're building some caliber guys. Sure, but,
1: I mean, if you're going to make the case for Keegan Bradley of why he can win this event, you can make... The equal case, I think, to a slightly lesser degree, but at far better odds and a cheaper DraftKings price that Corey Connors can win too. But <laughs> like they do bi- the same, they do exactly the same thing. <laughs> Canadian
0: bias. We're going to get called out on this one. But I, I do agree that, again, as a guy at $7,400 here, lower owned than Keegan probably is, you, while he is going to garner ownership, we already have Homa, Kawa, Kim starting it off. So I, I'm just saying, I do like your call on that. And I think it's, it would, would it's, a, I guess the way I look at these lineups, Pat, is. Would it surprise you if not only he had a great finish here or was in the mix on Sunday again, like he was last week for a little bit before he disappeared uh, Saturday, he was at least in the mix. No. And could he continue it? Like, would you, and then he's in it at the masters. He always is. And all these facts. So he makes sense. Who, who's somebody else down here? Cause we now also still have 7,500 and change to pick two more guys. Like who's another guy like that? Or can you just round it out with, you know, I mean, Siwoo Keegan?
1: You, you, I don't know if Cebu Keegan works. I don't think we have quite enough money for that. We have exact money but, for that. But do we actually? Yeah. <laughs> then yes, let's do that.
0: But isn't that a line Like all these guys, one's a former champion. Keegan, we just compared. If me and you, we, we're not on opposite sides this week, but if we were playing our game of Keegan versus Connors, we, just could, do both. we could go back and forth on it and try and make the case, and I would, with you, put Keegan higher. But... We don't need to figure out the ownership when we've got Tom Kim, Si Wu, starting it with Homa and Morikawa. Like, it's already different enough, and that lineup is actually pretty solid. And it doesn't have Day or Cantley. It doesn't have Rory. It projects very well, and it's extremely, well, not extreme, but it's much lower owned than what the other ones were.
1: If you want to play that same game, I think that you could look at it and say that this is a Thegala Gala breakout party as well. I don't like Thegala Gala this week, but almost every single person I talk to does like him this week. Mm-hmm. I'd just rather play Siwu. Yeah, they're the same price. Now, who would you rather play between
0: Siwu? Yeah, just looking at it here, it's it's pretty close. Yeah, I don't know. The Thigala Siwu plays well where Siwu plays well. Thigala top five thing <laughs> has been real though lately. I think he's up there in the top three on the PGA Tour for top fives this season.
1: Yeah, and listen, he's also quite. He's probably less volatile than Siwu historically. Although Siwu has become a bit more consistent. Uh, this season and over the past year than he's ever been. Don't,
0: we You're the best at this. You're the Siwoo Whisperer. Like, we usually just play him at Siwoo Tracks. It's this is like, one of them. It, of course it is. That's what I'm saying, but that's why I'm just sticking with it. Like It makes sense. And even if you go back to it with Siwoo, here's the thing about him, and it's why it kind of fits the Siwoo Tracks narrative, but you go back to even a place like the RBC Heritage and look at how he does off the tee there. It's awesome. He, he's very good with the placement of the ball. Again, Siwoo Kim. The guy can go off track in a minute and throw a 10 on the board, and it's game over. But when you're already, <clears throat> excuse me, when you're already building into your lineup like we did there, I don't think it's a problem to go the other way. Like if you if you want to play Thigala instead, I I, w- I definitely wouldn't fault you, but I just have no problem with it with Siwu in there as well.
1: I I just look back at the types of players. I mean, I, I've talked about the Wyndham Championship thing a bunch this week. I believe in that to be true. That there's something about the Wyndham Championship, the way that it's laid out, how you have to attack that course. You, there's too many of the same guys that have won both events. Didn't Tom Kim win it? Yeah. Yeah, that's another one. For <laughs> I mean, that's guy, why Tom I keep King. hammering. down okay, on I, it, I was obviously. trying to remember if you did. M win there as well? Uh, M did not. No, it's okay. I was trying to think. Of, M like, won Honda. Yeah, that's what, and, and he won Shriners. Shriners. Tom him also won Shriners.
0: That's what I was. That's that's what I was putting together. Okay, so but one, one thing I was going to say though with that is or, sorry. Carry on your point first. I'm so, gonna add one so more thing. So h-
1: here's the one bad thing, and I can't remember when did the when did it switch over to March the players? 2019. Was it the year Rory won?
0: I think it was 2019
1: so here's the problem with my thesis here rory thomas cam smith then are your winners in march elite players before that if we go back to may webb simpson accuracy putting irons Siwoo, accuracy in irons jason day was the best player in the world at the time he wins what was ricky doing ricky was hitting his irons and he was putting keimer fairways irons putting tigers tiger Matt Kuchar, fairways and irons. KJ Choi, fairways and irons. Tim Clark, fairways and irons. (laughs) Stenson, fairways and irons. Like that is the path.
0: How do you remember the Tim Clark stuff?
1: How do I remember? Well, <laughs> it's like, you were like Tim
0: Clark, fairways and irons. Like you di- Did you have his card or something? I you know. Just He was, like, like, he, was
1: like, he was always like, he was basically like proto Brennan Todd. Okay. Yeah,
0: you got the memory for it. That's good. Okay. Carry and, on.
1: And even that year, but is that a product of it being played in May? It may be the course is laid out differently or is that- I would st- definitely
0: put way more stock into that than your previous one of like figuring out the miscuts and the chalk and the- Sure, but I mean, stuff, but I that, that may agree. have
1: no correlation anymore. And even to just go back and look at some of the guys in a second, Furyk, Furyk kisner chapel Poulter, uh charl another one who kind of fits that mold zach johnson ben curtis robert allenby davis toms poulter like these are all guys that are short off the tee hit a bunch of fairways and are really good with their wedges yeah i definitely don't think the off the tee stuff changed any it just now becomes the
0: other game that goes with it like or are players better now they're definitely better now that's for sure too <laughs> <laughs> that matters so yeah, I guess I agree with you and that's where I was going with it. I definitely think the changes matter more than people may consider. But it's, that's why I was saying sometimes I was trying to put together a lineup of the elites and where I was going to go with it was Kitty from last week. I believe his nickname is literally the project. Like that's what people call him. The, the funny video of Spieth. Hey, nice playing Kurt. And then like, it gives Tim Tucker better props than him after he choked away three, four foot or five footer under putts to have his shot at winning the event. But Kitty is a guy that people have been monitoring. Like he's going to be on the come up. He, he was all the second places were to ROM, Rory and Xander and then he goes and wins the big boy event last week on top of those guys, and they were all in the mix. He had to go after a triple bogey, make seven pars, a birdie, and then almost hold it on the last, sort of broke the place down on a crazy putt when you saw the view from behind, et cetera. But just saying, could you when you go back in hindsight, it's not results-oriented as much as Kitiyama at 6,800, variance there for sure. But talent, play with the big boys, a breakout at some point, I could see it. If you find the guys like that in this type of field, and you round it out with that, and then put five elites, it goes with what you're saying, and it's still solid for the upside and all of that as well. You just need to find who's that guy. Justin Suh. At the bottom. It's Suh. So there you go. So let's take out Siwoo, let's take out Keegan, and let's take out Connors. We'll go back to Homa, Morikawa, Kim. We can go to Justin Su, who's at 6,600. And if you want to look, like, just in
1: general, so that leaves us almost 8,000. That's a weird range. Because they're, let me talk about the the players who are just being overlooked from eight thousand dollars and above. We mentioned Rom at the very highest end, then it's Xander. Those are two guys that just right. people aren't really going to all that much. Finau doesn't seem like he has any buzz whatsoever. Like he and Morikawa are going to be in that like t- eight to thirteen range, depending on how it shakes out. Other than that, no one's playing Spieth, no one's playing Cam Young, no one is playing Hideki. But then you have probably the guy that you want to go to Fitzpatrick
0: yeah I bet Fitzpatrick I got my closing line value 40 40 to 1 I got
1: $8,600 $8, I bet you he's 7% owned and then you land on 7,300 bucks and then see but now we're into this dead zone that I was I had alluded to before and then we can kind of talk about it. the someone on the millionaire winning lineup is going to be one of these like 13 guys we just yeah. have to figure out who it is so here's she, the uh, range And I'll tell you the four that I like from in here.
0: You're going, what, 7 to
1: 7,300? Well, I'm just looking at where the ownership is kind of uh, congregating. Because Bradley, Fowler, Connors, Mitchell, and Hoagie are all above or right around 10% ownership. Right. So then you start with Seamus Power at 74. And these are all sub-5% guys, like 0 to 5%. Power, Harmon, Henley, Montgomery, Noren, Denny, Minwoo, Kucher, Straka, Pendrith, KH Lee, Andrew Putnam... Aaron Wise. Then you get to Ben Griffin, who's going to be around like 10%. So of those guys, Power, Kucher, Pendriff, and then there's the one that I think I'm just going to blindly play because it makes way too much sense. I bet him as first-round leader. Nothing would point to him doing well this week outside that it's the fucking players and guys just randomly pop up. But this is his style, of course. He won fucking four months ago is Russell Henley. I like Henley. People love Henley at this course and these types of courses, and no one wants to play him. He's seventy. He fits that lineup. I know. That's perfect. Wow. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was my roundabout way of concluding this lineup. Yeah, I was going to say, that's
0: good. But I actually do like Henley. He's another one, too, when you go back to those courses and look at some of these positional tracks, off the T heritage where, he's been good at, where too. Where does
1: he have success? He won at Mayakoba. He plays well at RSM. He's won the Sony. He's won the Honda. These are all the same courses. Yeah. <laughs> one guy you said
0: there that you were just hitting on it quickly as, and going down the board before the dead zone thing why is it like nobody likes Fina? Usually we like Fina when he's cheap at these events. Maybe people don't consider him being cheap anymore, I guess. I don't, I don't know. He's not been playing bad, though, and he's been... been. He ra-
1: I bet him last week, and he was all
0: right. What was he? Like 20th is ba- that's He's horrible. Yeah, he came 20th. What, what, what did he finish? 24th? Yeah, 24th, 20th, 14th, 9th, 16th, 7th win. That's what we're looking at here. A guy that never finishes worse than top twenty
1: and hasn't gained fewer than three point one strokes on approach in any tournament in twenty twenty three. Actually, at the Century, he was he came seventh, but like it wasn't a great week for him.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to think of ways to to flip it around here and just look at it. how much. So if, if I consider like let's say him and here here's what I do sometimes, Pat. Though like Finau and Homa. Both had their wins, like, on their runs. Like, Homa's, yes, doing better. Maybe now slightly, and, and Finau's a little past it. But really, is he 20th or better? Yeah. 24th or better in this run. That saves you 700 bucks, And now you can still keep, like, Morikawa in there. You can keep Tom Kim, or you can take Tom Kim up to Will Zalatoris.
1: That is the name I want to talk about. Yeah. Because you mentioned all these guys, and I said, could I see Corey Connors winning a player's championship? Could I see Max Homa winning a player's championship? If we get to this tournament next year and Will Zalatoris is $11,000, is that going to surprise you? No. I,
0: and everyone's just worried about the injury, but we weren't worried about it last week after the fourth. We're like, the injury's all good. He's back. It's a rough week. He's not back now. You know. I mean, what,
1: like- I mean, was he not back? He did exactly what Will Zalatoris does in the weeks where he misses the cut. Is exactly what happened to him last week. Yeah. It's but not he, It's not like he drove them all into the water. What but he, he cruised
0: knew? through. He just shot
1: 72s and 73s. He, he lost. He gained, he gained almost five. Yeah, he he gained five strokes off the tee. He gained a stroke on approach. Couldn't chip, couldn't putt. Yeah. Shit happens. So you, you made will.
0: like a really... This is why I look at these lineups. Like, again, it doesn't project the best, but it's actually not that far behind. It's all, all right. But you made a really good case for Henley. Being able to grind a cutout here, and he's not probably the winner, but honestly, if he was in the top 10, it would not surprise me. Yeah,
1: if, if you get a T9 Henley at... 1.7 percent like that looking back at the past years of the guys that pop up in these winning lineups it's that kind of like the seventy two hundred dollar guy who you know is good brian herman that year mm-hmm. no one wanted to use brian herman but you, you could go back to brian herman this year if you wanted to we all loved brian herman six weeks ago now he fucking sucks and no one wants to use him Yeah, bad week last week, and this is he just goes and gets more practice in
0: at Sawgrass, and now he comes out this week. I like the Henley call but just for the upside a little bit more, but I do think, because like I said, but here's my point. Him, Fitzpatrick, being in the top 10 in the mix, like Fitzpatrick's even now longer off the tee, still straight, good all-around game. I know the injury scare with him, people worried about his neck and stuff, but it seems like he's okay. Zalatoris, same thing. I mean, literally, you know Zalatoris could win this. He's already got two top 25s or something, 26th and 21st, I believe, the last two years. Kawa. We already talked about him. Finau, we just talked about him being your Max Homa. Would you rather Homa? Sure, but for 700 bucks, go to Finau. It's fine. And then that leaves you Justin Suh, who if you believe he's the guy that could be
1: and 8K you, in this field next year, or 7,500, which and, he could. And you can interchange that name with whoever the hell you want from down at the bottom. So I have put out that list again. And even if you can go up or down a little bit, uh, Webb, Vegas, Aaron Rye, Davis Thompson, Suh, Sve- like if you want to use Svensson instead of Suh, I think Suh is a better player, but... Svenson could be really good here. These are again. This is a type of course where Svenson has a great track record of playing well.
0: I like I like Jaeger too. I always talk about him. Right, he was first in his hey, class coming out like this. Bobby Shelton is a good player. Good player for sure. And then that lets you decide on like a Fitzpatrick to a Spieth or a Zalatoris to a Hovland. If you do something like that in the same build, where you can consider other guys. Did you have any love for? It feels like the other dead zone. I guess like we, now that we talked about middle eights, Zalatoris was like your speeth. Zalatoris, Hovland, Im, Finau kind of gets overlooked. Like, what do you think about those five guys there besides what you mentioned with, with, uh, Fitzpatrick already.
1: So I did just build this, I Finau or Morikawa, Finau, Zalatoris, Fitz, Henley, sir. That's, that's what I had. That's awesome. So that's, that's a lineup that you can go with, I suppose. Dietrich is another one that I want to kind of shout out because I went back to him last week. He's actually pretty good. Mm. I mean, When you don't five putt from three feet, turns out you can like, play well in tournaments. <laughs> but he is another guy that I could see being a lot better. Like, is Matt Kucher really going to be 9,900 next year? No.
0: Right. But that, you like this way of looking at it, right? Like, that's what I try and explain yeah. to people. no, no, I, I, I really like
1: that. Like, who, are, who do you want to buy low on right now?
0: it's a kind of a way to do it. Even though we're playing, a, this is a weekly game. I know it's daily fantasy, but you're playing for this classic slate for this particular week. But if you think about it like that, that's how you find a guy like Kitty Yama last week, because you know, there's going to be variants with it, with playing him, but you also know what that upside is and what the potential of his future is. We could see that with guys like this. And there's a lot of them. You could name a bunch of different guys down there. I just wanted to start it for this exercise and it kind of builds some good lineups. Do you like Havland or Zalatoris better? Hmm. Zal, probably Zaltorus. I think, yeah, I, 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 think I, I do too. But I think I, I think I like Zaltorus better.
1: Will you use Spieth? Probably not. I I, I don't
0: know officially yet, but I would. If I do, he'll be way underweight to the field because if he's ten percent, he might fit I, I into think, some.
1: But I don't think he's gonna be ten percent. You don't. People are worried about this back injury. Yeah. And I don't even know if that's real or not. <laughs> yeah, no. No one has asked him about it. It's sort of like Fowler. I came into the week thinking Fowler was gonna be super chalk, and he's not. Should we yeah, just play Ricky. You can worry
0: less about that, I think. Besides the main guys, because we know who the the key culprits would be. Sure, but
1: like, what are the chances in a two to one situation? Is what we're looking at right now, Keegan versus Fowler. How often does Bradley beat Fowler in this tournament?
0: I don't have it at two to one, but uh, yeah, that's that's a good argument to make. But it's play the guy you like. they they're pretty sure, but it's just funny that everyone is. Sorry, say... Well, I guess I'll say it better that that way. That one is more of a comparison because obviously Bradley is extremely high owned. So you're comparing like the chalk versus the the guys that are just in that secondary range around him. I'm just saying when people are doing it at other areas, like a Keith, like a Corey Connors versus Keith, Keith Mitchell, they're both like 13 to 15%. If you like one of them, just play them and pick your guy. Like it, it, it matters way less there than it does deciding on the other factors. Now, if you're talking about Brian Harmon and Corey Connors, now you got a decision to make. But on, on paper, it looks like it's Connors. But like you said, I, would I it like surprise Connors. you if it's Harmon? No. No. But And he's way less owned. So that's where it becomes the, if you want to just play the lower owned guy, do it that way. But for your Keegan example, yeah, you could just play Ricky instead. I, I like Ricky this week. Siwoo too, right there? Oh yeah, well,
1: of course. Yes, to play Siwoo. But then you have this other, like, I think Burns is super interesting. I forgot he was winning this tournament midway through round yeah. three
0: last year. Yeah. No one uh, really wants to play him, I guess. And I bet him it's 70. Too big of a number
1: for me. I mean, I did that last week, and he was, like, plus 20.
0: (laughs) Heating up. You know, like, don't you think he plays well this week, and then everyone hops back on for Valspar, and he finally has a down year there? Maybe. Coming off back-to-back championships at the Valspar, so I I don't know.
1: I'm playing Lowry, and I'm playing Kirk as well, along with Tom Kim, like, just as a part of the mix. Obviously, I'm playing Tom Kim more than those guys. Yeah. But I like, I mean, I just like, I think safe is such a no-no word for this tournament, but Kirk feels like he's in great form. His skill set matches what this course demands. I don't like. I said I don't think he's gonna win, but yeah. Like, t- uh, but t- people t- are six? saying
0: like he just won, and same with uh, Justin Rose. I've heard brought up too because he I don't, just won. I don't like, like, like Rose
1: as much. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I don't either. I actually like Scott probably more than Rose. If I'm playing like the old dude there, I'm not playing either of them. Will you play Maverick Neely?
1: No. Okay.
0: I I don't care. I don't. I'm I'm a Mav guy even, but I usually like him on the West Coast swing on Poa, things like that. You know, coastal. It just depends on the setup. You could compare, but I, I don't really like him to for this spot. And I, there's all kinds of guys in that range that I can go to. Kitayama, yeah, that's one that's interesting. So he actually went up a hundred dollars, yeah, from last week off the win, but it's not really going anywhere because you're still in the six k range. I don't mind riding it again. He could just be that guy, and he looks like he's going to come in at like five percent, but yeah, or get, less. Yeah, but he's definitely worth playing for for sure. At 6900
1: nine hundred, I was surprised. I mean, I get it. He just won. And I do like him at longer tracks, weirdly enough, rather than shorter tracks. Uh, but he had a pretty good run at Pebble earlier this year, too. So maybe he's just a very good player. I was surprised Harris English at 7,000 wasn't projecting higher owned. I figured after last week, people would be like, oh, Harris English. That's cheap. I'll play him. Yeah, I don't think I'll be playing him. Okay. Alex Smalley was one that I liked
0: not really interested in him here either. One guy I liked, you brought it up earlier, the uh, the Wyndham comparison. I'll play a little JT Poston. Oh, yeah, I got Poston. 7,000. He's got the Wyndham stuff with him. He he was bogey-free to win that tournament. Uh, he was, and he's another guy that's played well at the RBC Heritage. And played well at this tournament. And two, at this two, very tournament. Two top is, 25s and correct. three starts. And yet the ownership doesn't reflect that.
1: Well, it's because he's JT Poston.
0: Correct. We, but we, we,
1: all, we all played him at Honda, and he missed every two-foot putt there was. He can be your last guy into your
0: lineup is all I'm saying. So that's, you know, if you do whatever you want with it. But I, I think he's interesting.
1: Um, yeah, it's just this bottom of the eights, mid, middle eights to bottom eights, I just find confounding.
0: Who's the other guy uh, that surprised me? Wyndham Clark? Wendy C? You know, he was in the mix last week. and yeah, he's been good this Somewhat. Year. He's another guy that, again, could I see being more expensive next year? Yes. And then on top of it, when you went back and looked at some of those positional courses, he actually still showed up. Everyone just sees him as the bomber, Wyndham Clark or whatever. Like He he can just bomb it out there, and we'll see what he does. Huge variance, et cetera. Sure. But he actually shows up in some of those metrics, so I thought that was interesting at 7,100. Again, going to the dead zone, I'm going to play more guys down here than most probably because he takes out. TPC Lee. Everyone talks about him with these TPC tracks. <laughs> yeah, yeah now no one wants now him. no one wants him. 7,200. Again, doesn't mean he's going to come through because of that. Just, again, a guy, uh, a good heritage history as well. Going back to talk about placement, off the tee, all that stuff. I, I think he shows up there. So there actually is guys in the dead zone that you coined, and I think it's true, that actually still look like good plays. And we talked about Henley already. What about Taylor Montgomery? <sighs> Seventy three hundred. Isn't he a guy you could see be more next year?
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: At this tournament, for sure. It's a risk, but I'm saying so are a lot of these other guys. Alex Noren, can mm-hmm. he grind it out here? He's got his course history here is before the changes. Yeah. but it
1: was good. I I listen. I don't think that Alex Noren's ever going to be any of this is going to be his price in perpetuity. No matter what he does, he's just going to be this range. Yeah,
0: that's true. I guess that's he's more of like a comparison of you know you're looking at the Harmons, the Coachers, the Kuchers, those guys. Do you want to take him and risk it and see? Well, how much is Putnam? He played decent last week. He did week.
1: play. He did play pretty decent. Last Up and week. down, I think. Seventy $7, two hundred dollars. But again, this is more his skill set: yeah. fairways, irons, putting. He didn't pop for me as much as the other guys in that range.
0: But yeah, he did have a decent. He did really set well uh,
1: when I did the research show. Mm-hmm. I put in Wiley, Wiley, Wyndham Heritage Colonial, and one of the other ones, mm-hmm. the short ones. And he was one of just – Shane Lowry was, like, the best. And C. Wu was up there as well at those tournaments. And then it was, like, Andrew Putnam.
0: I'll take note of that because, yeah, that, that's what I was looking at. some stuff too. too I, was I, I must one. have missed him. Harmon definitely popped in, and I saw and I looked at something similar as you. And then the Lowry thing I was just going to check again too. Man, they, what do you think about his price?
1: I like Lowry. I'm, I'm playing Lowry. I wrote him up this week in my column. Like, I just – again, he's, he's Mr. Pete Dye. And he has a good track record <laughs> in this course. Ball strikers have a good track record at the players. Overall, like shitty putting, good ball strikers, they don't necessarily win, but they make the cut. I think all he's got a decent
0: history here too.
1: Yeah, he does. So does Fleetwood, but I don't want to play Fleetwood. I played him last week. That was no fun.
0: Yeah, they're, they're similar to me, and they're both coming in what like ten percent ownership.
1: Tommy does strike me as a guy with a players championship to his name. Like he'll have one win ever in the U.S. and it'll be the players.
0: Yeah, we talk, We've talked about that in the past too, for sure. And he's hundred bucks less than Jason Daychalk. I mean, I might just not play Jason Day. How about that? You—that was the first guy you wanted to poke holes in. So usually your gut is is right.
1: I mean, the first lineup that I built this week has Jason Day in it.
0: Yeah, of course. <laughs> like before he's, talk- a,
1: he's a very obvious play at his price point. Yeah, it's eight <laughs> K. Him and Keegan, like I said, just
0: that's why it just fits so easily. I can see how people can get, you know, with Cantley, you can make more decisions because there's other guys around him that you think are the exact same and studs and all that. Most people looking at Day and Keegan are saying, man, I get that the other guys are there, but why don't I just play these other guys? And, you know, why don't I just play them and make it safe? So I see them getting a lot of ownership, especially the higher stakes we go.
1: Well, I do think that the best way you can get yourself – cash this week is by playing in the pat mayo experience listeners league because it's rake free yes. thus making it the best tournament on draft games. but that might not actually be the easiest way for cash the easiest way is probably retweeting the tidbits at toe tag and tambo and following at toe tag and tambo on twitter and getting yourself in a draw for 500 bucks
0: i think that's the easiest way to make money i mean i for mean sure. i'm going
1: to, i'm going to do, i've already done both things so i'm in the draw that might be my only path of profitability
0: rigged week. no i won't let pat win don't worry guys so he, he's out all right I think that's it.
1: you got anything else?
0: No, I'm excited for this week. It's going to be a big one. Lots of money on the line. Two, uh, two Millie Makers, the big mega I won some tickets to last week. So I got a few in there for the 22 They got the $25 Millie Maker. Uh, trying to run the, I don't know if it was ever done, the double. The double Millie Maker the same weekend. Win the, the milli at the NBA Live Final on Saturday night. Three entries in that. So hopefully three in a 100 shot. And then on Sunday, have a sweat in the players and, and get the job done there.
1: What's it like having a 3% chance theoretically to win a million bucks? Most people in their life will never have that opportunity.
0: Feels pretty good. Yeah, I think that was, you know, someone asked me about the New Orleans when, when I went there for the Fantasy Football World Championship. Was there any takeaways? You asked me, like, that's a 200-person field. I I don't think I did this to a full extent, but I definitely think, like, the I've never made it to that one. Versus like at King of the Beach, I've had so much success at. I got a second, a third. I came sixth again this year. I was coming in off that, feeling good, playing the same way. I only had the one lineup out of the 200. So I said like the process that brought me here, I got to stick with. But then you saw like someone with five entries had a game stack for Dallas, Jacksonville that nobody was really on except... Those that had the multiple entries. So one was, of the players was
1: chalk. That was, was, Jock. That, that, was the, that was the week I won 10k with that stack. Yeah,
0: that, which made sense in GPPs and stuff. We were playing them when I had my one entry. I didn't stick to that. So the takeaway was that like again, it's not easier easier said than done. But get some more entries so that you can cover some more angles, and then you can at least play off each other. So my goal was two the whole time for this. Once I got the first, I was like, I just want to get a second entry so I can try and beat what I you know ran into last time. Where if my best lineup was my best, I win awesome or have a good shot but if I don't I'm kind of out of it here now with three I can play sort of an angle of like I'll stick to my process lineup what does the field do trying to leverage against that maybe a game stack in the third like there's different angles I can approach I'm not sure what I'll do yet haven't got to that point but we know the slate there's no late swap they shorten the slate to like eight games it's a pretty good opportunity for sure
1: I like it good luck thank you so I'll, I'll see you next Wednesday but you're going to be there this weekend so you're not going to be on the cut sweat show
0: that's right this week I'll miss the Cut cuts for the majors should be all good
1: cut sweat where we're, i'm gonna Let's we're, do it
0: live we'll come over here and be yeah a, we're, at least we're, me and you and uh, uh, we're, i'm
1: trying to uh rig up the camera for inside the studio house yeah. with all the tvs on the wall so we can watch all the feeds at it's once It's the best it's like
0: barstool style people love it. it's so good and your room is set up perfect for those people saw pictures and stuff on your twitter but it's like all the tvs on the wall the couches are there you set the set the cameras up and we can just shoot the shit and if it's live and feeding out
1: that'd be awesome and then i'm gonna order some uh big mac chickens
0: Let's do it. Have a challenge.
1: Might might do that. Or we're going live on uh, Sunday night as well for March Madness. You got some good
0: friends that come over here too that we could have some challenges. Uh, I, them versus I, I don't know if to... we can
1: put them on a live feed, man. Why?
0: eating e- contest too? Like just something fun.
1: There, there are a couple people I don't think are, are made for, <laughs> especially when they forget that there's cameras on and there's microphones on them. <laughs> That's like, what I'm thinking. The, the Mayo Media Network might get shut down. Canceled. Yeah. Like yeah. immediately and for good reason. Yeah. So we might not we, do that. with some of these friends. We have to, that we like have give them a, a waiver first to sign. Yeah. All right. At and Tambo on Twitter, playing the listeners league, slash mail to generate these lineups. That's what I've been using. You can build your own model. Check out all of the shows. Rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That also gets you into the draw for that extra $500 as well. And shout out again to whoever the fuck that I said, one, the Paz man. Is that the guy's name? Mm. He'll know his name. He's yeah. coming for his 500 bucks. Man. I'll have to watch it back now that I, I have to go like DM him on Twitter to make sure that he gets his $500. Either way, there's another $500 to go around, so the rating and review, sub to the channel, smash the like, and follow Tambo on Twitter, at Toetag and Tambo, and retweet that, those tidbits, which you can find in the newsletter as well. Thank you all for watching. Good luck this week. Someone bring home the million, all right? We'll see you next time.
0: Family experience i <laughs>